What's up, podcast world? This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friend James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com. That's right, SeedsHereNow.com is the number one source for high-quality seeds with a money-back guarantee and, of course, lightning-fast shipping. Check out SeedsHereNow.com for monthly sales, James Bean's pocket full of freebies, and of course, easy-peasy credit card payment options. Don't forget about Crypto Wednesdays and James Bean's vault at SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 762 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a few listener emails. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend Girls Grow Too. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to Crafted Flower and Anvil Gardens. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Levity Loveday and James Brown. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Fruggle Rock and Quasi. Let's send a thank you shout out to Jimmy Limmer and Danny Potts. Let's send a big fist bump to G7 and Turt Burglar. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my buddy Cass Burton. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the show on Patreon. This is the part of the show where I invite you once again to the Dude Grows Growers Cup. That's right, July 30th in Fort Collins, Colorado. The Dude Grows crew is hosting the Growers Cup. I do invite you to join us. Team Irie Genetics, the Dude Grows crew, and a bunch of members of the community will be there. I look forward to joining you. For all of the info, do check out dudegrows.com. All right, I said I was going to answer a few listener emails on this episode. Let's not waste a lot of time. This first message came from our friend on Patreon. Big shout out to my buddy Kip. This one says, yo, Rasta Jeff, I hope you're having a great Monday. It is a beautiful day. It is super hot, but I'm adjusting. I apologize if you do hear the air conditioner in the background. I'm not turning it off. It's hot. We're going to keep that thing flowing. Anyway, it says, I just received my Irie direct order and I noticed an extra 10 pack of seeds. So our friend has discovered the Irie direct page. If you go to iriegenetics.com, you will see the tab that says Irie direct. Make sure you check that out. Our friend has seen that link and it says, I received my order and received an extra 10 pack of seeds. I know you said on a recent podcast that you do occasionally send out testers, but I just wanted to make sure I didn't get a whole extra pack by mistake. You are correct. I do send out testers, but I make sure that people know they are getting testers. I make sure they can run them right away, that they are prepared. We have a conversation. What you got, my friend, was a gift. I know that people work hard for their money. I know that uh, money is expensive. The only way to get money is by putting in your time, your effort, and your energy. We don't have a lot of time. Uh, We're bombarded by life as humans. So I understand that you work really hard for your money. And when you buy seeds from me, I appreciate it. Uh, to show everybody their thank you uh, for and their appreciation for buying seeds, I make sure to include some freebies with every single order. So those were a gift to you from me to say, hey, thank you. You didn't have to buy seeds from me. You could have bought from um, 
hundreds of other seed makers. I'm sure there are thousands of seed makers out there that you could have chosen to give your money. And I appreciate that you chose to send your money my direction. So to say thank you, my friend, you got 10 extra seeds. I do appreciate you noticing. Thank you for asking. Uh, Enjoy them. If you don't have room to grow them now, send them to a friend, grow them next time. They're extras. They're yours. They're a gift. Thank you, bro. I do appreciate your support. All right. Anybody else out there, if you do get extra beans in your order, uh, have no fear. Those are yours. You can grow them. You can share them with a friend. Like I said, if you don't have space or time to grow them right now, share them with the grower in need. If you know somebody that needs some beans, pass them out. Spread the love. The next time you order seeds from me, the karma will probably double up. It will work out in your favor. All right, this next question does come from the YouTube channel. It is a comment left on a video. I don't usually take questions from the YouTube, but this one looked like a good thing I should mention. I could ramble about for a couple of seconds. It comes from our buddy, Local Grow Guy. What's up, Local Grow Guy? I hope you see this episode of the show. It says, great show, brother. Much respect. You need to do a live Q&A show. YouTube followers would love it. Just thought, uh, just a thought. Much love and stay safe. That is a really good message. Um, My answer is I do a live show every Monday on Instagram. Every Monday around 7.10 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, I'm in Colorado. I go live Mountain Time. I don't know what time zone you are in. I'm in Mountain Time. So every Monday, approximately 7.10. It could be 7.05. It could be 7.15. Sometimes the internet gives me some trouble. I usually get there as quickly as I can, about 7.10-ish. I go live, I take dabs, I hang out, I answer questions, and everybody in the Instagram is able to type in and ask me questions. I do my best to answer every single question that comes in through the Instagram live. And honestly, some of my favorite questions get written down and recycled, and I do make a full podcast out of them because I don't feel... I don't, uh, I'm not prepared on the live show. It's like stump the grower. People can ask me whatever they want. So people ask a lot of random crazy questions, ask grow questions, music questions, questions about random shit, questions about sneakers. I'm a sneakerhead if you're not aware of that. So join us Monday on Instagram. The Instagram is Irie underscore genetics, I-R-I-E underscore genetics. That is me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Look for the notification on Monday around 7, 10 p.m. I will go live. We will hang out. You'll be able to type in all of your grow questions, your random questions, and I will do my best to answer all of them on the fly live. Maybe in the future, I do need to learn how to do a live uh, Q&A on YouTube. But for now, we're sticking with the Instagram. I do it every Monday. I've been doing it for several years. It has become kind of a a tradition. A lot of people jump in and check it out. So join us once again, Irie underscore genetics on Instagram every Monday, 7, 10 p.m. It's not as well produced as this podcast. I edit this. I write notes. I have a plan for this. On Monday, I bring the dab rig and a bunch of good dabs and a couple of cold beverages, and we just hang out and get lit, and I try to answer the questions as quickly as possible, uh, as accurately and thoroughly as possible, uh, without any preparation, any study, so that keeps it fun. That keeps me on my toes, keeps my brain active. Also a good time to just kind of hang out with the crew and take some dabs and talk some shit. All right, I do have another question right here in front of me. This one came from Patreon. This comes from our buddy who calls himself F.A. Plant Count. Bro, I know what you mean. F your plant count. That's how I feel. Let me do what I need to do, although I do have to follow the rules because everybody knows who I am by now. Anyway, this message came from Patreon. Shout out to the Patreon crew. It goes a lot like this. Yo, Rasta Jeff, what's up, my brother? I hope everything is iry, bro. Things are pretty good. Uh, It's 100 and something degrees outside, and it is nice and cool in here. I got a frosty cold beverage in front of me. I took a few fat dabs. Uh, Shout out to my friend who... uh, teleported me manifested somehow the lemon jeffrey dabs that shit is great 
Uh, you know who you are, bro. I just don't want to, uh, you know. Anyway, we're alive here on the show. It says, thank you for answering my last question about reversing a male. I really appreciate it. I've grown a few dozen strains, but I'm coming across an anomaly which I've never seen before. Those are my favorites. I love anomalies. All right, it goes on. It says, I am growing Endgame RBX Punchline by Ethos. That is a very uh, creative, long name. It says, I've come across a phenotype that virtually does not pistol out. So it's not making any of the things that you guys call hairs, which are the breeding parts of the female plant. It is not making any of those, which is kind of rare. It says, both phenos I have through very little pistols in the stretch phase. Now at day 50, one house beautiful, dense, hairless nugs top to bottom and stinks like Swedish fish and hubba bubble, hubba bubba gum had an orgy. So if we took some Swedish fish, hubba bubba gum and we had an orgy with them that's what this plant would smell like that doesn't sound too bad in my mind smells kind of sweet and juicy i enjoy that smell he does go on it says the other plant has hairless main colas all the lower golf balls got pistols late and flower i spoke with other people growing this and it seems to be common i remember you mentioning some wonky things happen after a few reversals down the line and i can count at least three or four that went into these is this a mutation that comes from reversals? I don't know that it's a mutation. Uh, it could just be a trait, maybe just a, uh, I don't know necessarily it's a mutation because I, I I don't have the qualification to identify that that is uh, a, uh, a definition of a mutation. It is definitely a trait that we're noticing and it's a commonality if a lot of people are getting it. Um, it goes on, it says, uh, do you think these plants would be sterile? I would assume so. But I have no way of being certain. I'm going to keep going. It says, I took three clones of the hairless girl and put them outdoors. I already assume putting them outside may give them a different phenotypical expression. You may see a lot different stuff. You may not. It says, but I figured no pistols, no pollination. And I would have to worry less about my outdoor crop being pollinated by a careless neighbor or something. That is a really great uh, idea, a really great assumption, a really great hope. But I would take one of those plants and put it indoors and attempt to pollinate it just once just to see what happens. Uh, being the uh, highly inquisitive, curious person uh, that wants to know, I just want to know what if uh, I would take that pistolless plant and I would put it in a room with a male plant and I would just put some pollen on it. Or I've always got some pollen in a fridge or in a freezer. I'd grab some of that pollen and just dust a couple of plants with that or a couple of clones of this plant with that and see what happened. Uh, and see if you can make any seeds out of it. Then you would know that those are sterile or not. But your assumption is great. That plant will probably not take pollen as well, probably make fewer seeds. Uh, that could be a really good plant for you. The problem is how do you get more seeds of that? You've got to keep cloning it or make a bunch of clones is the only way that one carries. Uh, that is the end game. Uh, there's something that we used to hear about. Wow, this is old cannabis lore. I didn't mean to talk about this. How long have I been going? All right, we're going to get off on a side rant here. Um, there's a thing that they talk about back in the day that is known as the terminator gene, which was bred into plants. So I don't I do not do this. I don't know how to do this, honestly. If I read up on it, I could figure it out. It's not something I want to do. Um, some breeders, a breeder somewhere along the line, discovered how to breed plants and breed what is called the terminator gene into it. If you breed certain filial generations into each other, you can create sterile plants, basically. And I don't know exactly how to do it, but it's uh, I think it's an octoploid, or from what I, it's been so long since I read it, I'm not gonna ramble and get it wrong, but there is the terminator gene where you can breed it to where the plants actually do not make any more seeds. They just stop, they are not fertile plants. You'll get males that'll kick out pollen, but the females do not uh, take any pollen. They don't make pistols. They cannot get pollinated. They're sterile. They're non-fertile is the word my brain is searching for as I ramble. So it is possible. I'm not 
making any assumptions or accusations. I am saying it as an option that maybe our friend has bred in the Terminator gene by accident here, or it just popped up, or maybe these plants will breed completely. We have no evidence of either direction, but these are all possibilities. Let me make sure I got to the bottom of this message. It says, I can't wait to pop your wombat fems in a couple of weeks. Thanks for your time. Much love from our friend who calls themselves Joe Jizz. You're doing so great till that part, bro. No, I'm just kidding. I love the creative name. Uh, I think you do have the great assumption that since these plants have fewer pistols than most plants, that they won't receive pollen. But I would hate to find out the wrong way. Uh, that would definitely be the way to make an ass of you and me. So maybe put it indoors, hit it with some pollen, see what it does, then put it outside. Sounds like you've already done it. So we're going to put it to the true test. If any of your neighbors are out there with some stray pollen, that plant will get it. If it makes seeds, then it makes seeds. That's the only way to find out though, is to pollinate that bitch and to find out. Dude, thank you for the great message. Thank you for letting me talk about the Terminator gene on accident. I had forgotten all about that. I will do more research. Maybe you guys remind me. I'll try to do a show that involves more of the Terminator gene. All right, this next message does come from Patreon. Big shout out to the Patreon crew. Once again, patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. This one comes from our friend Aaron, and it goes just like this. It says, how about an in-depth conversation about getting into the cannabis industry? That is a very good topic that we can talk about. What I'm going to cover is what I know. I know how to get into the, uh, basically the legal, what I'm going to cover today is getting into the legal Colorado cannabis industry, the marijuana enforcement division regulated legal cannabis industry, the big grows that produce legal cannabis for the legal dispensaries. That's what I'm going to focus on today because any other cannabis business or getting into the industry, you have to kind of find your niche. It doesn't, I, I didn't mean to even do this when I started this brand, this seed company. I think I invented this on my own on accident. I made seeds, people wanted them. Uh, I sold some of them, people wanted more. It just kind of snowballed. Eventually I had a seed company. I was breeding out of passion. So if you're doing something you're passionate about that you can turn into a business, do that. If you're doing something that is ancillary of cannabis that you can cater to this industry, do that. But one thing I'm going to say before I jump into talking about creating your own cannabis or what I'm going to focus on here is the legal side of the industry is don't turn your passion, your favorite thing into a career that could possibly burn out your passion for whatever that subject is. Um, I used to be in the music industry. I'm not I'm not hyping it up. I'm not bragging. This is just a story here for you. I used to play music professionally. I've been around the country playing the drums with several bands. I've been on a lot of big stages, been on even more small stages, been in a lot of tiny shit clubs playing little tiny shows, but I've been all over the place playing music. I've been all over making money. That was my career. Playing drums was my job. That's what I did five nights a week. That's how I paid the bills, how I paid the rent, how things worked out for me. Um, I also worked at Guitar Center for a little while. I was a department manager, obviously a drum department manager at Guitar Center. Those two things combined kind of burnt me out on the desire to be around and involved in music. There was a time when I would leave my job at Guitar Center and most people, when you get out of work, you probably walk out to the car, you get to the car, you sit down and do that, oh, I'm fucking off work thing. You check your phone and you crank up some music and get on the road, right? 
That wasn't me. I would get in the car and hit the pipe as hard as I fucking could because I wanted to get super stoned and get all the terrible guitar sounds out of my head. I don't want to hear the intro to Inner Sandman. I don't want to hear fucking Back in Black anymore. I don't want to hear Stairway to Heaven. I've been hearing it all day long and it was just driving me crazy. So I'd get in the car and turn the music off and try to get as stoned as I could where I didn't hear music anymore. So it was kind of, and then going on tour, it wasn't fun to be like, well, we've got to play this gig, but then we can't have any fun because as soon as we're done, we got to get the gear off the stage and get in the van and get to the next city because we don't have, we got to play in 12 hours in another city and we don't even have that much time to drive there. It would just get hectic, maybe not 12 hours, but you see what I'm saying? It would burn you out to where playing the drums was more, it became work. It wasn't fun. Now that I don't have to show up for a gig and play at a certain time when I do get to beat on the drums, it is so joyous. It is so much fun. My point here, what I'm rambling forever about is don't turn your cannabis career into what I did with music. Some, there was a while when I didn't want to go to a concert. I didn't want to go see live music because it just felt like work. I was like, I'd rather just miss this show and let myself start to miss music again. Now I'm passionate about music again, but don't let this happen to you with cannabis. Don't uproot your whole life to move to another state to get a job as a trimmer because you think it's going to change your whole life being a trimmer or being a grow tech or being a dispensary bud tender. Uh, it could ruin your passion for cannabis. You're going to have hours. You're going to have goals. You're going to have expectations. You're going to have bosses around cannabis. And do you want to associate one of your favorite things with work, with stress, with a paycheck, with a headache, with bad customers, with a terrible boss, with deadlines, expectations? Do you want to put that on your favorite thing? That is my advice to you. Luckily, fortunately, beautifully, I have established a beautiful uh, career, a place in this industry to where I love it. I cannot get burnt out on this. I am passionate about it. I wake up thinking about growing and smoking and consuming cannabis and teaching you guys how to grow better herb. So make sure that you don't put yourself in a position where you're going to hate your life, your career, your location, and the plant because you wanted to combine all of those things into one thing. Keep some space, um, separation of plant and state, I guess, if you will. All right, now let's talk more about the email, the shit that I did write down. If you want to get into the legal marijuana enforcement division regulated legal cannabis industry here in Colorado, the first thing you have to do is, do you qualify? There's a checklist of things on the marijuana enforcement division. Uh, can I get my badge checklist? There's a website you will go to. I should have written that down. I didn't. You're going to have to do some of the work on your own. There's a website, marijuana enforcement division. You will see if you qualify to even get a Marijuana Enforcement Division worker's badge. There will be a few questions. Have you had any felonies within the past few years? Um, I don't remember the exact questions. And I'm not going to ask all of them right now. There's a questionnaire. You have to find out if you qualify. If you've done some things that they find unacceptable or that you may need to correct, you do not qualify for the badge at this time, which means you shouldn't pack up and move to Colorado and try to get a weed industry job because you can't even get the badge. Before you even think about coming here, before you think about applying for a job, see if you qualify for that badge. If you can't come here, check other states. There are so many other states developing cannabis industries. This isn't the only place to go, but this is where I know the rules, the process, and the steps. It's what I can talk about. So do you qualify for the badge? Do you? Maybe. I don't know. If you do, get all of the required paperwork, the money. Uh, it costs money to get it. Get the money together then apply for the badge. You may have to come all the way to Colorado just to apply for the badge. So when you come here to apply for that badge, I recommend you visit where you're going. I've got a friend who is on our Patreon who listens to the podcast. What's up, bro? I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. 
Uh, that person decided that after listening to the show and hearing about the industry, they were going to pack up their life and move to the east side of Pueblo, Colorado, and get a job in the cannabis industry. Um, it only took them about four days to realize they do not want to be on the east side of Pueblo, and they got out of there as quickly as possible. They've been complaining to me in a friendly way. They've been venting about how not so great their new location is. And if they would have moved here or visited here, I'm sorry, if they would have visited here for just a couple of days before they moved here and set up shop, they probably would have realized they did not want to move to where they were moving. So my advice to you is come visit or go visit wherever you think you're going to move. If it's Broomfield, Pueblo, Denver, Longmont, um, what's down south, Trinidad, any of those places, they're all, they all have good and bad things about them. Go visit, go see if it's for you. Some places are for me. Some places are simply not for me. Go see before you uproot your whole life and move there to grow weed. First of all, do you qualify? Can you even get the badge, the requirements to work in the industry? Then go see the place you're thinking about going. Everybody tells big tales and fantasies about what they do for work when they grow places. They want you to think they're living the dream. They're not going to tell you that it fucking snows for four months out of the year and it's terribly fucking cold. They're not going to tell you about that crazy shit, but uh, come visit. That's what I'm saying. Let me get back on my list here. Um, do you qualify? Get your badge. Think about visiting when you get your badge. Look at the places you think you're going to live. Shit's expensive. Get a heads up before you move. Then search for jobs before you move. When you come out here to visit, Look at the dispensaries around you. Look at the grows around you. If you want to be a grower, when you go to the dispensary, ask, is there a grow attached to this uh, facility and are they hiring? And they'll probably have no idea. They'll tell you how to apply. They may give you an application. They may be able to help you out. If you want to work in the dispensary, just ask, can I work here? I don't recommend shopping in the dispensary in the same trip as you get your application and or drop off your application. I don't want a customer employee interaction at the same time. That looks to me as a hiring manager, it looks like you just happened to be here buying weed and thought maybe I'll apply. Do them in two separate transactions just for professionalism. That is my advice. When you do go to the interview, don't show up uh, in your torn Led Zeppelin t-shirt and your sweatpants and your dirty shoes. Show up looking like you want a job. Treat this just like any other job. Show up for the job you want. If you show up looking like you don't really work hard, we're going to think that you don't really work hard. Clean up a little bit. I do have dreadlocks, but I tie them up and make them presentable. Shave a little bit. If you've got a good beard, trim it up. Manicure it. You can have a beard and look good. I got dreadlocks and I take care of myself. You can be presentable. Don't show up looking lazy. Don't show up late. Don't show up high. That Okay, show up high. I show up to everything high, but don't show up noticeably high. If they can tell you're high, you're not going to get the job, bro. Don't do that. Be sharp. Be present. That's what I'm trying to say. Took my brain a minute to get there. We're learning live. Be present at the job interview. If you could be lit and be present, do that. If you're too stoned to be fucking functional at the interview, don't do that. That is a bad thing. So look for jobs before you get there. Then take the interview very, very seriously. Then something you're going to have to accept here is that in Colorado, most of the jobs are going to start you off as either like a trimmer or a bud tender. I am usually, so I used to be a consultant and a hiring manager. I used to do a lot of things in the commercial industry and the commercial grows. Since COVID, it got kind of weird. I've taken a step back from that. I made sort of a career change. Uh, it's for the better, honestly. It was really stressful running commercial grows. But one of my responsibilities in those commercial grows was to hire the crew, hire the staff. I was the hiring manager. One of my jobs was to make sure that everybody was going to work well together, make sure that everybody was going to be able to do their job, make sure that everybody understood their job. One way that I did that was that everybody that started that grow 
if I was hiring you to be the lead grower or the next consultant, my starting position was that you were going to be the trimmer. Everybody starts off as a trimmer. You have to show me that you can show up on time. You can follow instructions. You come back from lunch on time. You don't get so high you can't do your job. You can work with the group. You can participate. Just basic shit that I need employees to do before I give them too much access to the plants. They are a trimmer. We make them trim a little bit. Then we find out who you are. Once we see that you can work, after a week or two, I'll take you back to the grow and introduce you to small grow tasks. My point is, be prepared to start at the bottom. You may be, and I'm sorry if the trimmers are offended that I say you're starting at the bottom. That is the entry level into the growth. I'm not saying you're the bottom. Let me give the trimmers some love because I feel bad that I said that. Trimmers, I fucking love you guys. Without the trim crew, there would be no product. All the shit that we grow would sit in a room and get moldy and funky if the trim crew didn't trim it up and take it to the store. They're the go-between between the grow and the store is the trim crew. They are your quality assurance team. So you're learning quality control. They're learning how to trim. They're learning what to expect, what goes to the dispensary. The trim crew is a very important aspect of the operation. I feel bad that I kind of made it feel like you were not as important as you are because you are very important, but you are the entry area for my training. So big up to the trim crew. I'm kissing your ass now. feel bad the way I said that. Trim crew, you got to start on the trim crew. We know you show up. Once we know you're going to show up, then we'll move you around the grow to the place that you wanted to be, but you're going to have to move up. I'm not going to let you show up and water plants on the first day. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're crazy. I don't know if you can follow instructions. I don't know if you're on drugs, man. We got to learn you and figure you out. So be prepared to start at the bottom and work your way up. Your performance will tell me how far and where you go in my facility. I want everybody to be lead growers because one day, and it does happen, I might get sick or who knows what could happen to me. And I want there to be people in line to take over my position. I don't want everybody to be a grow tech forever. I want everybody to be the lead grower, the consultant, the head grower, the head motherfucker in charge. That is the goal so that everybody just keeps to get moving up. As I leave a facility, that lead grower should become the new whatever director of cultivation. And then everybody should just take steps up. I think we should all be passing down that knowledge. So don't be afraid to start at an entry level position as a trimmer, as a training bud tender, as an, as just somebody in the back packaging shit up all day. We've got to find out, basically we're testing you. Can you show up five days in a row on time? Can you come back from lunch five days in a row on time? Can you work with the group? Can you follow instructions? Did you steal anything? Basic shit. That's all we're trying to do. So be ready to start at the bottom. Also expect shit pay, shit treatment, shit work, and shit hours. The new people always get the shit, but that's how it is in almost any industry. We exaggerate that in the cannabis industry. If you do get hired in the commercial facility, it will not be glamorous work. You're going to get sticky. You're going to get dirty. You're going to get nutrients on you. You're going to get muddy. You may have to do some outside work. You're going to have to take out the trash. You also may have to clean the bathrooms. Also, I'm going to make a note. Uh, I clean the bathrooms also. There's just a chart on the wall. Every employee gets a list, and then we just go down the list. Uh, start at the top today. I clean it tomorrow. You clean it the next day. That guy cleans it. We just go down the fucking rotation. Hopefully, there's enough people on the list. You don't have to do it very long. Just clean in the bathroom once every couple of weeks. It's not that bad. You guys clean the shit up. You took a shit in there too. Clean it up. It's not that bad. But we all have to clean the bathrooms. You got to do all that kind of stuff. But you're going to start off at kind of low pay. Because unless you get a job like a lead grower or a consultant or a lead bud tender or a manager or something higher up, it is going to be low pay and crappy hours. And the terrible part about it is a lot of the employers don't have to pay higher 
because there are plenty of people that keep coming from other states to work here to do the jobs, unfortunately. So they're not going to raise the wages. Uh, there's not enough profit to raise the wages. Unfortunately, that's just how it is in the cannabis industry. Ladies and gentlemen, I noticed that camera doing something weird. I want to wrap up this show before I lose it. I want to make sure we get all of this recording saved. I really do hope I answered this question thoroughly because I just bailed, uh, pulled the ripcord and panic mode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to this episode that I do hope makes it to the internet. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, please do send them to me at growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash growfromyourheart. Everything else is on the website at irigenetics.com. I apologize for wrapping it up so abruptly. Don't want to lose anything. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I'll fix the camera. We'll see what's going on. Let's give a big shout out to my buddy Stoner Dave. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.